I get Welcome to the Two Brothers, One Dad Dead podcast. Today, in the second installment of Family Tree, we're going to talk about our Uncle John. Jay Bear, like, how would you describe Uncle John to somebody who's never met him? Well, I would describe him kind of as a beatnik. Um, like, at least most of the time that we knew him when we were little kids, like, he was kind of this crazy beatnik who had a really good sense of humor and was a really good storyteller. I remember, you know, to kind of encapsulate it, I remember like sometime in the nineties, you described him what I thought was perfectly, which was a cross between Chevy Chase and Jim Morrison. Do you remember yeah. that? Well, kind of he like, looked, a, a, yeah, he, he looked like Chevy Chase a little bit, but he also kind of had this like beatnik ish slash hippie, slash like mystic whether that was authentic or kind of a put on air of jim morrison yeah and do you remember his apartment above the uh hair cutting salon mm -hmm. um yeah it was like he always had incense on probably because he was smoking a lot of pot but i just right. thought like you know he had oriental rugs he had like uh do you remember a, those a real wood to real mm -hmm. yeah what and those wood carving statues of like those like I don't know what tribe they were supposed to be that, that looking back on them now, the only thing I can think is like Indonesian or some kind of Pacific Island. Yeah. Now that you mention it, I they had a leather couch. That. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he just had like a cool, oh, and he owned like two or three old English cars, like an M, an Austin Healey and an MG or something MG, like that. MG, yeah. Yeah. And he would like keep them in grandpa's garage. And I remember being a little boy, probably like even pre, you know, pre kindergarten. So I was like, what, three, four, maybe five. And I would want to like help him fix the car, mm -hmm. which just meant like bringing him a tool. I mean, it, it basically just meant standing around watching him and he would like do things to make me feel included. Right. And I'm sure I slowed him down because now that I'm a parent, I see that like a kid wanting to help is actually like the opposite of help. It's actually right. like extra stuff to do. Right. But I remember, I, I try to like remember that with my kids because I remember like how proud and how great it felt to like help my uncle fix his cars, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then I think for as long as, you know, when we were young, like, you know, 19, late 1970s, 1980s, John, his girlfriend and then wife was Kim, right? Right. Well, and part of the reason I asked, do you know when Kim and him got together? Because I remember in the 70s, he took me to see why he thought a, a, he should take a four-year-old to see Orca, the killer whale. I have no idea. <laughs> I was actually supposed to sleep over at his house that night, but I was mm -hmm. so scared watching that movie in the movie theater that I peed my pants, didn't oh, want to yeah. tell him, and was just like, uh, I just want to go home. <laughs> um, but And also he took me to see Superman, um, mm -hmm. which was really cool. But the reason I bring that up is I think he might have been single. I think mm. my, very early, my very earliest memories of him, he might have been single because he loved taking me to the movies. Mm -hmm. And one, he was just a cool uncle. But two, yeah. like all these young women would be like, oh, is that your son? He's like, oh, no, I'm his uncle. And he just got like all these like, I mean, he was basically using me like as a conversation piece <laughs> and as a, like a, uh -huh. a, a pickup artist tool. Right. But no, to answer your question, I don't know when they got together. Um, I don't have any memories of them, like of him not being with her. Okay. Or like before that time. And then we lived with Uncle John for a while. How long did we live with Uncle John? The way I remember it, we lived with him... I feel like there were like two good chunks of time where we lived with him. The okay. longest one being my second grade. So my fourth grade. Yeah. For like, well, I, mean, I don't know, maybe it was like a whole semester. I feel like it, maybe even a semester and a half. And how did that go down? Do you remember how that went down? No, I don't. Do you? I vaguely remember saying, like, I, I know he would spend a lot of time with us. And, you know, we spent most weekends at grandma's, but then sometimes 
since like mm-hmm. grandpa's house was kind of the, you know, everybody checked in on grandpa at least a couple of times a week. Like everybody would kind of see each other at grandpa's mm-hmm. house. And then I feel like he would do a lot of stuff with us. And I, I remember saying like, oh, it'd be super fun to live with uncle John. And I'm sure it wasn't completely my idea. I'm sure maybe the adults had been talking about it. And then I'd heard, you know, then I'd kind of like, you know, like little kids do kind of parrot it as if it's your own idea. But mm-hmm. for some reason, it was decided that we would live with Uncle John and Aunt Kim while mom, like, I don't know, like, I, I don't know. I think like Aunt Kim was like, oh, well, while your mom like gets back up on her feet or something like that. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't remember how it came about. Um, and living with them was cool. You you seem to have like much better memories of living with them because I remember me and Aunt Kim would kind of butt heads a lot. Yeah, like how so? Or about I what? Remem- well, I remember that I like put up a note about like, you know, all like, you know, nobody's like that. You remember that little room we shared? It was like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like a book room. But then we, I think we had little like floor beds or something. I don't kinda. really remember. Yeah, kind of. Um, I put up some kind of note because she would like come home and knit because she was an emergency room nurse at that time. Yeah. And I remember it just kind of like angered me that she came home and knit and kind of ignored us. So I put a thing like, if you don't have time to hang out with us kids and you just want to knit all the time and sit on your butt, like you're not allowed in this room. (laughs) Oh, and uncle John was really upset. Understandably. I can, yeah, I can understand that. That's really funny though. Because Kim, I mean, it was cool. Like we, I felt like she introduced a lot of like routine into our lives that we didn't really have. Do you remember it that way? Cause like we would take baths, I don't know, every night or every other night or something, but she would clip our nails once a week. Like just all these little things. Do you remember all that stuff or not really? Not really. No, I just kind of remember being fun overall. Like I don't really remember a lot of the day-to-day stuff like that. Okay. Do you remember being in the back of her car and calling her a pervert? Yeah. Yeah. Why did you do that? Do you know? I don't remember. I think you had just heard probably her say that word because I think she would always like say that about uncle john and you know in a kidding right. way uncle mm-hmm. john and his friend little stinger do you remember that guy no i don't little stinger yeah he was just like he actually looked a lot like uh who is the band leader on the late night with dave letterman show paul schaefer yeah he looked oh. he was like a dead ringer for paul schaefer you know as soon as you said that i do remember him because i remember even back then knowing who paul schaefer was and thinking he looked a lot like him yeah. I just don't remember I just, his name. Yeah. And Kim would be like, like when she would take us somewhere and then him and him and uh little stinger were by, she'd be like, Oh, what were you perverts doing? Watching pornos and stuff. She would just say <laughs> stuff like, you know, not right uh-huh. in front of us, but you know how adults talk more, you know, kids have bigger ears than you think they do. Oh God. Yeah. Um. So when was the last time you saw John and we'll, 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 we'll kind of circle back on, living with him in a second. Um, but when was the last time you saw him? The last time I saw him was, um, to the fall. It was like Thanksgiving of 2003. Cause, um, me and the girl that I ended up getting married to went to the Midwest, like to visit family. Mm-hmm. It was like right around the time we announced our wedding. And so we flew to Indiana and took a little road trip to Ohio and visited grandma and he was there and that was the last time I saw him. Okay. And what was that like? I mean, you know, I've actually always wanted to take like a drive. Was it pretty, I mean, I would imagine summers in the Midwest are kind of awesome, I think. Well, yeah, dude, except like I said, it was like Thanksgiving, so it was really cold. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Summers in the Midwest are great, but that's not when we were there. Okay. And then how was he then? Like, was he the same old Uncle John or what? Yeah, more or less. I remember him being a little grumpier. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Was he living at grandpa's? No, he was with that other chick he married after Kim, um, Debbie or Patty. It was one of those names. Yeah. And actually, Patty, 
Was it the Patty we would go to her and her, like Kim and John were like friends with, there was a Patty he was friends with, like Patty and Kevin or something. And they had that older kid. Do you remember like going to their house or not really? Does not ring a bell. If if you're th- the I don't the only house with a kid I remember was um they had a boat and they took us on to Lake Erie on it one time and it's yeah we ran, ran out of gas or something yeah I don't remember that you know how did we get back to shore I don't know or maybe they were just scaring me and told me it ran out of gas because oh. I was like really freaking out but then somehow <laughs> we made it back. <laughs> I have a feeling they were scaring you because if we would yeah. have ran out of gas for sure, I mean, for real, then the Coast Guard would have had to get involved unless we all just paddled <laughs> across Lake Erie in a big powerboat. Well, dude, we weren't uh, like all the way across. We were just like, you know, a couple hundred yards or so, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But still, it probably didn't. You get? Do you remember rowing back? No. I mean, I could have blocked it out too, though. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I have a feeling they were just messing with you. Yeah. Well, was I don't John think there? it was that because I thought that I don't, I think he was, but I think that was Debbie. I don't Debbie Gouda. Does that ring you're a bell? Right. You're, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It was Debbie something and not Gouda, but it, they, yeah, it was Debbie something and they were all friends. Okay. Yeah. What do you know? And uh, well, I guess it's hard because he had such a kind of complicated life. So yeah. He was, I know that in high school, he was like a division one state champion wrestler. Like, I guess he was a really, really good wrestler. And, you know, in his free time, and I think this is part of the, where, where the Bohemian thing comes from, he painted a lot. Do you remember him painting? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there was like all these paintings of his. And I found out later that his painting was so good or, you know, had so much promise that he had actually gotten offered a full ride scholarship at Kent State University. Did you know that? Wow, I never did that. No. Yeah. So in a way, like wow. that one little piece of information kind of so you know, I had always thought, especially as a younger person, I thought he was like a cool kind of bohemian dude. He had actually been to mm-hmm. London before. So I had always seen him as this this kind of, you know, smart cool hip guy mm-hmm. who just never really found his place in life and just kind of you know being in the midwest and not having a college education he just kind of like worked you know as the cook at some bar or right that's mainly the job i jobs he was usually like working in a restaurant or working in a bar or something like that right like busboy or cook yeah and knowing that he didn't take a full scholarship to Kent State, I realized that like, you know, he had a chance, but he didn't take it. And that kind of yeah made me reassess him. And in a lot of ways, it, it made me more sympathetic to him. Really? Yeah, because mom and I had a good conversation and she was like, yeah, John just kind of felt like he didn't deserve success or happiness or something like that. Huh. Yeah, we should I, we should talk to her about that. But that, yeah. you know, like it wasn't society or where he was born or mm-hmm. his, you know upbringing that held him back. But it was kind of him, and the way mom tells it, like he had he had some great opportunities that he just kind of shut down. Huh. Interesting. Now, he had always been like a regular drinker, but I have very rarely seen him drunk. Like, like, do you remember his drink? Like, how do you describe his drinking? Yeah, the same kind of like, um, kind of pretty much always drinking after hours at least, but never, right. never like really shit faced. Yeah, exactly. And then I remember he moved. You know, we stayed with him for what, maybe like six months? Yeah. And didn't we live with him another time? Or am I just confusing like long weekends with actually living with him? I think you might be confusing long weekends. Like a bunch of I, long weekends, kind of. Yeah. Okay, okay. And I think what happened is we were spending more and more long weekends with him. And then mm-hmm. I think 
somebody was like, why don't the kids just live with John for a while? Okay. Okay. And then when he, so somehow him and his, him and Kim, his wife saved up for a house and they bought a house in Leroy, Ohio. And then I thought he was like super cool. And yeah, yeah. I thought like, wow, like, you know, and he would talk about like, yeah, it feels great to own land. And it wasn't just like, you know, a house with a big yard. I mean, he actually had like woods Mm -hmm. and a little stream in his, and do you remember how cool his house was? Oh yeah. I loved it. It was great. It was like a hundred year old farmhouse, two story farmhouse type thing. Mm -hmm. And it had a huge yard around it. But then after you kind of went past the yard, there was this big, it kind of like looked like woods but if you stepped through like the first layer of woods you got to that huge like prairie slash field do you, do you remember that and then yeah. that was surrounded by real woods and you could actually go for walks like there was a oh yeah a loop yeah. trail that you could go like walk by the river come back up come back to a great. different place when i was a teenager i actually always would want to take walks back there because mm-hmm. i was convinced he was growing marijuana and i wanted to find his marijuana plants <laughs> did you ever find any no, oh, no, I didn't. So then at the farm, it did seem like he was drinking a little more. And I remember Kim, like he wanted to take us to the corner store or something. And Kim is like, how much have you had to drink? Mm. I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. And then she's like, I don't want you getting arrested again or something like that. Like mm. alluded to mm. that he had gotten, you know, popped for drunk driving. So I was like, okay, you know, but he still seemed like a pretty cool guy. He did seem like a little, like, just a tad less fun and a tad more kind of bitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, But then I don't know what happened. Well, I know that he was having an affair with this Patty person or something, and Kim found out. Do you, do you know? Like, what, what, what broke up his marriage? You know, I just, I, I don't know the specifics. I just kind of learned by deduction that... He was probably cheating on Kim with this Patty chick. Just because kind of like next thing I remember, like they were together and he was having a kid with her. Right. He had a son with her who I've never met. Have you? Um, I met when he was a baby. Yeah. but um, And he had a a daughter with Kim too. You know, he had a daughter with Kim who Mm -hmm. I met as a baby a couple times. And then I'd heard that he had a son with this Patty person. And then... Did he live with Patty for a while? Because basically one summer I'm visiting him at the farm thinking, wow, this is so cool. Like sleeping up in the bedroom and running around as a teenager in the backyard and in the Mm -hmm. woods. Then I didn't come for a few summers. And then, and then next time I'm back, he's, you know, I didn't see Kim. I did see him, but grandma was like, oh, he'll come to the house and see you. And I was kind of like, uh, like nobody informed me what happened. And mm-hmm. mom kind of told me what happened. And and then he was living at grandpa's the next summer after that. Mm. And then he was like unemployed quite often. Mm-hmm. And like when we went to Ohio for mom's brain tumor surgery, he was just like, I didn't see him drunk, but he was going to AA. Um... And he didn't seem to be able to keep a job. He was living at grandpa's. He was, I think, living in that upstairs room. And it just seemed like he had lost his way, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then the very last time I saw him, so it kind of like would get worse every, you know, especially as I got older and didn't come Mm -hmm. out every single summer, but, you know, two, three years, four, five years, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, whatever. Like the, the intervals kept getting bigger as I kind of got older and, you know. Had your own life going on. Started my own life going on. But the last time I saw him was in the summer of 2013. My daughter we had was like a month and a half old. You know, we went out to Ohio to show Zoe to my mom and my and Grandma Connors. And John was like, he came out to the driveway, like when I pulled up, cause I, I guess they were expecting us, you mm-hmm. know, Ellen and I and the baby and Zoe. Mm-hmm. And he had on these like huge oversized pants 
and his shoes were like cut open across the top, like normally where there'd be laces, like he had just cut out the tongue and left it completely unlaced. And I feel like he even had to like cut a little bit more towards the toes because his feet were just like hugely swollen. His legs were hugely swollen. And I was like, uh, how are you? What's going on? And he's like, oh yeah. Um, there was something going on with his kidneys. So he was having swelling of the legs and feet. Mm. And he's like, yeah, my doctor thinks it's, a, it's, it might be my drinking, but I think there's definitely a genetic component like to his legs, not his drinking. <laughs> and I mean, it was freaky to see this guy basically semi-disabled, not able to work, not like barely able to walk and just looking in like terrible health. And then to have him tell me with a straight face, like, oh, I don't think it's my drinking because he had, you know, this, I'd heard from mom, like, you know, the last year before, you know, that year before that summer that I came out, like he had gotten locked up in the psych ward because he was having, you know, withdrawals and right. he had, you know, been driving and crashed into a mailbox, like just all this stuff. And it was just, it was like freaky and scary to hear this guy who I had looked up to my whole life and thought was so smart and so cool tell me with a straight face it wasn't his drinking even though he had been to like the psych ward jail lost his farm lost his you know right lost his daughter um was living at his dad's house just basically drinking all day it was it was really freaky man yeah i bet i bet yeah what was his like demeanor like apart from all that you know he was kind of the same guy but the jokes just didn't seem as ready like because mm. he'd always been a practical joker but he didn't really like weren't you at a theme park you know because him and kim would take us to geauga lake and yes. i think even like cedar point once didn't he like try to tell some didn't he like walk in front of some woman in line and he tried to tell her like oh no i've been here the whole time do you remember not really no i mean i could totally oh. believe it yeah, you told me when it happened, but it just seemed like that kind of absurdist, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. Chevy Chase or Bill Murray thing, like just walk in front of some lady in line and she's like, uh, excuse me, sir, this is the back of the line. And he's like, no, no, I've been here the whole time. <laughs> you had told me this story okay. when it happened. Yeah, no, I believe like, it. I believe it. Yeah. Kind of mortified, mm -hmm. but also kind of like, I'm wow, he, he just might get away with this. Yeah. 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 Um. So, yeah, I mean... So it, yeah, it was, so I see him as a tragic figure kind of in a way that uh -huh. I didn't before, like to actually see his downfall Yeah. in what felt to me so quickly, but it was just because I was visiting less often. So I'd get a little snapshot, little snapshot. And then, right. and then the last time I saw him, he died two months later or something like that. Mm -hmm. I guess what happened, what I, I think mom told me that uh, grandma passed and obviously that was hard on John since well, him and grandma were, or what? Well, no, you tell me then. No, what? no, no. John, John died first. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Yeah. But isn't part of that because Gail wanted to sell the house to, to pay for grandma's like nursing home or something like that? Maybe, but she was still alive. Like, Okay, but she was in that nursing home, I think, right? Or no? Or about to go there or something, yeah. Because she died in early 2015. Oh, okay. And he did yeah. die, I, I believe, in October, October. of 2013. Right. And some, somehow he got the news from some relative, like, hey, we're going to sell the house. So you're going to have to find a different place to live. Mm. Went on a bender. He somehow wound... I think the cops found him like laying in this in the cold on the side of the road or something like that. Oh my god! They took him to the hospital. Um, I tried to call the hospital where he was at, and he was still alive, but non-responsive. Like the nurse is like, "Oh, I'm, I just remember the nurse was so nice." I'm like, "Can I talk to my uncle John?" You know, he gave his first and last name, and mm -hmm. she's like, "Oh, honey, you know." He's not responsive right now. You know, 
he's a pretty sick guy. You know, I, I just pray for him. She just was super sweet and she could tell mm -hmm. I was just, mm -hmm. man, like nurses, man, can you imagine getting that phone call? Like, can I talk to my uncle John? And you see this guy where you're like, wow, this guy probably has like hours to live. Like, what do you say to the relative? Yeah. Yeah, I know. And then mom called me soon enough and she's like, yeah, John passed away. And you know, mom, bless her heart, like really tried her best to put a really nice memorial on for John. Like mm -hmm. mom and John were, were pretty close. It felt like they were yeah. the closest out of all the siblings. Yeah, no, for sure. Maybe because they were the two youngest. I don't, or I don't know if they, yeah. I don't know what the birth order is. Well, let's see. Pat was the oldest, then John, then mom, then Gail. Oh, okay. Yeah. So maybe, so, I don't know. I, I don't know. They were the middle, whatever. They probably just felt but, honestly like the most of like, the kindred spirit thing going on between them yeah both kind of like free spirit mm -hmm. had a bohemian vibe mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. artistic creative like right dude mom could be still i mean her interior decoration skills like if i ever win the lottery and buy a house and just start from scratch on furniture mom mm -hmm. is like pretty amazing when it comes to finding like yard sale like her style isn't exactly my style right but i think she could you know uh, once she understood my style, like, cause I yeah, look yeah, back yeah. at like how our apartments looked for how poor we were. And she'd be like, you know, she, people like, you know, other adults like, Oh my God, this is a beautiful table, like a mm -hmm. little coffee table in the living room. She's like, Oh yeah, I got it at a yard sale for $25. Like mom just has a talent for interior mm -hmm. design and for like, she has a great eye for like furniture, like, you know, you know, that big red chair in my living room. Yeah. She was the one that found that for me. Oh, so, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind yeah. of proves your point. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, after seeing John in, in obviously like the depths of denial and the depths of alcoholism, you know, I had been thinking for a while, like, you know, I want to take a month off drinking just mm -hmm. to like lose a few pounds because I was starting to get like kind of heavy and like stuff that I had done when I was 30 didn't really work anymore in my early forties, right. like, you know, I was gaining more weight and just, you know, if I did get a hangover, it'd be like a two day hangover instead of just like a morning hangover. Right. So I actually decided like he was part of the reason that I decided to stop drinking just for a month and see how it would feel. Mm -hmm. Because I remember him as just like a fun social drinker. And then I saw like, whoa, like what that turned that into. Is yeah, like the story, the story might start that way, but it doesn't necessarily end that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But did I ever tell yeah. you what grandma said after he died the first time I talked to her? No. <clears throat> Hearing it, if people don't know our grandma, it may sound kind of cold or something, but just knowing her, it was she had like, a super sharp, like super dry sense of humor and super like sharp tongue, but usually yeah, in a very funny way. You usually, except this, I don't know if I'd call it funny, but she's like, well, it's probably a blessing. <laughs> really? Yeah. And just, I can't imagine like saying that about one of my kids, you know, and just so I wonder like what she was going through. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and especially seeing her like golden boy, mm -hmm. you know, like get married, have a nice farm. Like he was building a nice life for himself. Yeah, he was building yeah. just a nice, you know, life that seemed like it would have been very satisfying. And, you know, I always thought Kim was like really smart and mm -hmm. really funny. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I definitely thought she was pretty when I was younger. And, mm -hmm. and, and I guess, you know, mom told me that like John's daughter didn't want to come to his memorial service because she yeah. is so bitter about what john had put the family through and i just thought like like i didn't blame her i thought man you know i i know kim and i would imagine i kind of have a vibe of like what her daughter's like and i'm like if his own daughter and these aren't like spiteful people because you know we knew that whole family um right, right. kim's family like they were not spiteful mean people and if no. his daughter doesn't want to go to his memorial like he must have just put them through hell man yeah yeah but yeah, but when he was younger, he was a super, like he was one of he the was. funnest guys. Oh yeah. You, 
you told me once, tell me about the water, the watermelon guy or the Russian guy. Like, tell me that story. Cause I'd yeah. never actually heard it before. Yeah. It was so weird. Like it was, it was around 1995, I think. And I was out there for a summer and I was hanging out with John and Kim on their farm. They were still together. Um, and I don't remember like why, but suddenly this guy comes over and I don't remember his name, but they introduced me to him and he was Russian or so I thought like, I don't know, just looking back now, he could have been whatever. But just at the time I remember thinking Russian cause he had like a thick Eastern European accent. Okay. Did yeah. he look Russian? Like, did he yeah. look like kind of Eastern Bloc? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then, so like the drinks are flowing between the three of them. And, um, suddenly like he goes to his car and he comes out with a little briefcase and I'm like, like a little metallic looking briefcase. And I'm like, huh, I wonder, you know, is it poker chips or like, you know, cause like I have like right. a metallic poker case. So I was wondering right. what was that. And he opens it up and it's a little oozy. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And we had the idea. They, they asked me if I wanted to go shoot it in the backyard with them. I was like, yeah, you know, cause I don't like love guns, but I do admit like they're pretty fun to shoot and I don't mind shooting one off every once in a while. Right. And so Kim got these, happened to have all these watermelons in the house and she was setting them up on those big tree stumps that were in his backyard. Like they used to be trees, but he would get his tractor and like either dynamite them or pull them down with his tractor. And so she would be setting them up on all these stumps and we just took turns blasting the watermelons, dude. It was awesome. Oh my gosh. So there's like watermelons. Was it on full auto or was it like on? No, it's on full auto. Dude. And like, you're more of a gun guy. Like, could it have been something other than an Uzi? Like it looked like a stereotypical Uzi. It was small auto fully auto uh, you know what it might have been like a, i think it's called a mac 10 it looks like a smaller uzi and it okay. shoots like nine i've heard mil- of that, i don't yeah. know what uzis shoot it was it might have been like a i think it's called a mac 10 yeah which basically well, looks he, like a small uzi yeah either either way who knows like but it was awesome did you ask john like who is this guy and where did he get this fully auto uzi <laughs> no dude because remember at the time i was like i had I don't know how to put it like shy, but more to the point of like not really feeling like I needed to know a lot of information. I just kind of more like went with it. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then you were also telling me that John got you drunk once. I actually never drank with John. I don't think like you and John, when you were like ostensibly straight edge, tell me about that. That might've been the same trip or it might've been, Cause kind of like you, I don't remember how often I was going there at the time, but it was a, during a summer visit and we were just hanging out one day and he's like, Hey, I'm going to go to this restaurant bar thing. Do you want to come? I was like, yeah, sure. And we got there and yeah, like you said, I was upset, ostensibly straight edge. So I wasn't drinking or anything, yeah. but you know, he kind of was like, Hey, don't you just want to sip of my beer? And I was like, sure. Yeah. And I had it. And, you know, I had drunk, drank before, but just was never my thing at the time. Right. And um, next thing I know, he's asking me if, you know, I want him to order me a beer. And I was like, sure. I was like, YOLO, why not? Yeah. And, and then I don't remember how many I had. Um, I want to say probably like five or six. Okay. Which for somebody who hadn't drank in zero years, tolerance. zero yeah. tolerance. Yeah. It was like, I was pretty faded. And so maybe even seven, I don't know, like, and then he took me back to grandma's where I was staying that night. And I just remember going into that back family room at grandpa's house. Yeah. And friends was on cause like it had just come on the air and it was like the big thing. I just kind of like passed out watching that, watching that. Um, and I woke up the next morning, but I do remember the next day or something. Grandma was like, so did John take you out drinking last night and just, you know, I just denied it. Of course, I was like, no, no, I don't know what you're talking about. But I mean, I'm sure she knew. Oh, dude, I probably came home smelling like a brewery. Yeah, and the for fact sure. that I had slept like from seven o'clock until seven in the morning or something. Right, and you know, while you were talking, I don't know why I remembered this, but I just remembered who didn't like John. Do you know that Dad did not really care for Uncle John very much? Um, I thought they actually got along okay. No. 
Well, so it was actually dad and John were friends okay. before he met mom. Uh-huh. And so John like took dad to like the mentor hullabaloo or something. Mm -hmm. And that's where he met mom. Right. But then dad told me because I like, you know, when I first moved out with dad, I brought up uncle John like, yeah, he was a really cool guy. We lived with him for a while. And dad's like, well, you mm -hmm. know, I'm glad he was good to you boys, but I think he's a jerk or something like that. And I was like, what? I guess after mom and dad got divorced, John, you know, very understandably was very like protective towards mom and like, uh, hey, you know, you're being a jerk, like you should pay her more. But basically like, you know, gave dad a hard time on mom's behalf, which is, you know, completely understandable. But John and his humor, I mean, you know, I'm not, he wasn't trying to be funny there, mm -hmm. but John was, you know, very, you know, very Chevy Chase-ish mm -hmm. in that he either could come off like a, like if you didn't know him and you were like, kind of like not part of the joke, like you were the victim of the joke. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. 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 Try to think what other fun, what other kind of th illustrative things did uncle John do? Um, illustrative of like his personality just his personality yeah well one of my especially as a little kid one of my favorite things was um that dog he had zuber oh yeah how he got he had this little dog zuber would talk and like would give it a personality and kind of like channeled the animal's voice through him and i just thought that was like the coolest thing um and i still i still do it today no i still do it there's actually two things that like and like the last time I saw him, I was getting in my car, I was starting to go. And I told, I told Alana, I was like, Oh, wait up. I got to tell my uncle John something. Oh, Cause yeah. I had been meaning to tell him that both you and I had picked up that habit of like mm -hmm. every animal we have, we always kind of come up with its own little voice, its own personality. Right. Like AK had that voice. Mm -hmm. OC had that voice. Right. Kitty Sue. Your Kish. Kitty Sue, Kish. Um, mm -hmm. And, I ran into the house and I, he's like, oh, did you forget something? I was like, no, John, I wanted to tell you that both Jesse and I, we we channel the voices of our animals mm -hmm. just like you did. And he just was like, oh, that's cool. Like he actually wasn't as impressed or thought that was as neat as yeah. I thought he was. But, you know, again, he was kind of towards the end of his life. And no, who I, knows I remember you telling where me he, was. That he wasn't as happy as like we wish he would have been or something. Yeah. And then the other thing that I, I like kind of a tradition of his that I keep going and Leo actually loves the silver bullet car stories. Do you remember those? Yes. Yeah. So the silver bullet car stories, it's, it, you know, I'm sure he was just making it up, but it involved this like floating magical or future technology powered silver bullet car. Mm -hmm. It was always not necessarily you and me, but like his nicknames for us. So I was like Ace Loogie something. You were, you were Bluker. No, I was Bluker Aardvark Kawabunga. What was your, do you remember your nickname? I think it was Loogie. Loogie. All I remember was Loogie. Okay. I was Bluker right. Aardvark Kawabunga. You were Loogie mm -hmm. something something. And those were the main characters in the Silver Bullet Car stories. And he loved like, you know, kitschy like you know attack of the 50 foot woman right women yeah right. he loved those like mm -hmm. kitschy 50s ish sci-fi mm -hmm. things like beast and so he would beast just like, science fiction what's what's that called yeah like um gosh sorry i don't remember what it's officially called but like b b level like novellas and movies and stuff like yeah 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 and we were always like our 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 alter egos and our nicknames were always the main characters. And I mm -hmm. remember like we went underground and fought cave monsters. <laughs> um, I don't, do you remember any of those stories? I don't remember the specifics. I just remember him telling us and like, remember thinking how cool they were. Yeah. And I tell them to Leo now and he loves mm -hmm. them and he'll kind of be, that's cool. Oh, do you have any stories about like, you know, little because in my stories it's little brother and big sister mm. like i don't mm -hmm. i specifically don't like name them because there is something more powerful and not in like kind of keeping a little bit of tension like oh is this about us or is mm -hmm. this not about us right and right almost creating this like fictional alter ego like i don't know is it you right. what would you do in a in a you know battle with cave monsters right 
Um, and he'll ask like, oh, I, you know, do you have any like Beyblade stories or Pokemon stories? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, give me a day to try to remember. And then I, you know, I think about it and then I come up with something and, you know, as long as, you know, like all stories, as long as he, you know, goes through difficulty, finally gets it, even though it's never a sure thing. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, little brother and big sister, like finally arrive victorious after a hard struggle, then he's right. always super happy, right. but he loves That's them. Cool. He's always like, That's really oh, cool. silver bullet car, magic, silver bullet car, magic, silver, silver bullet car. And yeah, man, it's funny. I actually never really thought yeah. about it, but, but out of all of our relatives, John was kind of like the storyteller. Oh yeah, very much. My dad was a storyteller about real things, but dad never just like made up fantastical stuff, did he? No, not that I remember. Huh. It's funny. I, I never really realized that I probably yeah. got my like love of story. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, I won't even, I wouldn't even say I'm as good of a storyteller as him, but he definitely, because he was a really good storyteller, I think. Yeah, he was. Definitely. And he knew how to spin a yarn and mm-hmm. he just had like a natural sense of kind of like how to build anticipation and, and, you know, build suspense, but then like leave you satisfied at the end. Probably because of all the B movies he'd watched. Do you know right, what I mean? Right, right. So, I mean, what do you think you got from Uncle John? Like, how do you think he influenced you? Or do, do you like, do you see some of yourself? like as a product of uncle John or Mm -hmm. not? Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know if this is really true, but I would like to think that I kind of picked up his like absurdist sense of humor. Um, yeah. Or dry sense of humor. Um, yeah. That, that alone made like a really big impression when I was a little kid. I just remember like howling at jokes, which now maybe kind of cheesy, but just, I don't know. There's just something about him at the time. And kind of like what you were just saying, just his like love of like hearing a good story and um, kind of like, you know, emphasizing like imaginative things in your mind, I guess. Yeah. You know, I always wonder how much that situation that we talked about on last episode with um, grandma and grandpa and basically Mm -hmm. the kids, you know, so if mom was 13-ish, then John was like 14 or 15. But basically, right. you know, in middle school or in high school, basically seeing your like nice family life just kind of totally torn apart and become a total soap opera. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think about that? Like whether John just kind of never got over that trauma or if he would have been like maybe a heavy, you know, you know what I mean? Like it was almost mm-hmm. like he had an appetite for self-destruction. Yeah, I can't say I do think about that. Um, I don't know. Like, maybe it has something to do with it. But I think, you know, maybe also he had a genetic component towards self-destructive things. And just maybe they collided, those two things. Like, he could have been okay with one of them happening, but both were too much, maybe. Yeah, but why would he turn down a full ride to Kent State? Do you know what I mean? Like, when I learned that, like I said, it kind of totally changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. And, you know, he could have gone to Kent State on an art scholarship and not like he would be, you know, the next Picasso or anything. But, you know, he would have had a college degree. Mm -hmm. He probably would have had like at least, you know, like office jobs, professional, like slightly higher pay, less crazy hours. And I remember he did have a – he told me once – I was going to some event. I think it was somebody's wedding in Ohio when I was like 19 or 20. And I was wearing like a thin tie or a thin red leather tie or something like that. And everybody thought it was like cool. And I had like a paisley vest on. Mm -hmm. So very like kind of like almost like white MC Hammer look going on. Mm -hmm. And John was like, oh, you wear a tie? And I was like, what? He's like, well, I'm a, he's like, I don't own any ties. I'm of the philosophy that those who wear ties want to be led around by the neck. And I was like, um, really? okay, dude, it's just a, <laughs> just a fashion thing. Yeah. But he definitely had this like anti something. And I'm not even saying it was like that deep and that's why he did what he did. But I just, mm-hmm. I always ask like this talented dude who as mm-hmm. a senior in high school, I mean, in a way, he's kind of one of those smaller town stories of somebody who like peaks their senior year of high school, 
and then not only didn't get the opportunities, but worse, turned down opportunities, which reminds me, I wanted to kind of tell you, talk to you about this. I'd heard the other day, I can't remember if it was on the Midnight Gospel. Did you, Have you seen the, the um, finale of Midnight Gospel? Yeah. Dude, it is amazing. Mm-hmm. I think it is so, so good. It was just like heartbreaking, but inspiring. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to like smile while I was crying. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. just, and just for the listeners, he's at uh, the last episode. It, it's basically, it's a podcast, I believe that this guy would grab sections of his podcast and get them illustrated. And he, maybe he even illustrated them himself. I'm sure somebody knows how the midnight gospel got together a lot better than I do, but he interviews people like Damien Eccles, who's, or I don't know how you say Damien Echo or whatever, but he was one of those people who as a teenager, liked heavy metal and in West Virginia or something was accused of like killing some kid in a satanic ritual, like the West Virginia four. Do you you know what I'm talking about, Jay Bear? No. Uh, They did a documentary on it. But anyway, he had this guy who did like 20 something years in prison on false charges just because him and his friends liked, you know, heavy metal in this like little backcountry town and some little boy gets like horribly killed and everybody just points the finger at the like, you know, the four stoner kids, the four heavy metal kids, the four Black Sabbath kids. And, he, you know, so he has like Damien Eccles on and he's talking mm. with him about like forgiveness and, you know, and this Damien Eccles guy has this, you know, he's very into like spirituality, but kind of like old fashioned, like magic. And I'm trying to remember the name of the guy, like Aleister Crowley, mm, type magic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like mind over matter, right? not, not Christ, not a, not a Christian form, but a kind of different. So anyways, each episode of this show on Netflix is pieces of conversation with one guest. So there's a whole episode with Damien Eccles and they're just talking about stuff. The finale is he's talking to his mom about what it was like when he was a baby, you know, funny stories Mm -hmm. from his childhood. And then he's like, yeah. And that kind of brings us to like, you have cancer. And she's like, yeah, you know, I've been told I've had six months to live about like 30 times now. And it's just, yeah, dude, it's just so good. And, and then the cartoon, he has a baby and it's his mom. And it's kind of pointing to how when we have our own kids, we understand our parents so much better. And I think we kind of feel not protective, but tender, more tender towards who they were and what they were trying to do. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so that episode made me think, it keeps asking like, okay, well, if you don't have any money and you can't go to a therapist, like how do you get centered? And I can't remember if it was there or somewhere else, but I've heard this thought recently and this ties into Uncle John that there's two kinds of poverty. There's the, or there's two facets to poverty. There's one, not having a lot of, you know, material resources. And the other facet or the other way that somebody can be poor is they don't take advantage of the help offered to them. And Mm. I really think about Uncle John, like, you know, he wasn't poor, poor materially, you know, he wasn't rich, but, you know, like working class-ish, you know, Mm -hmm. but that he was really poor in... I guess looking down his nose, refusing, like, I don't know what his motivation was, but he was poor in the other sense of not taking the opportunities and the help that people tried to give him. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's interesting. Yeah. So if uncle John was, can hear us up in heaven, like if they get podcasts, what would you say to him? You know what, to be honest, I would just want to keep it positive, dude, and just, you know, tell him thanks. Thanks for, like, influencing me in those ways that I mentioned. You know? Yeah. What about you? Mm, I mean, if if that's probably what I would do, but honestly, what I would really want to do 
is understand that second kind of poverty. Like, yeah. why didn't you take advantage of those things? Right. And, you know, he, he would probably say like, oh, well, blah, 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 blah. Like maybe he'd be like bougie, bougie or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I, I would just want to understand that because now that I've had that little insight, now that mm-hmm. I kind of learned it from the Midnight Gospel, a lot of other things in my life make sense. Like other people, good friends who, you know, you offer, you know, maybe not even good advice, but you offer advice. They ask, you know, they're having a hard time. You tell them like 10 different things and, you know, some of them are probably wrong, you know, like, Mm -hmm. but they don't even try or they always come up with reasons why they shouldn't do any of those things or why they can't do any of those things, even though everybody else in the world can. Mm. I mean, honestly, I would really want to, I probably would keep it positive, but I would really, I, I mean, I still want to understand where that kind of poverty comes from because that's the kind of poverty at least theoretically you can change like you can't will your you know you can't will your bank account to have a million dollars when it has 20 mm-hmm. but i would think through i don't know therapy meditation mm-hmm. practice you could get better at you know taking the help and the opportunities that were offered to you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. So I think we've touched on everything. It was fun. It was fun talking about him and remembering him and just, yeah, you know. He's definitely a unique character. Definitely a unique character. I've never met anybody like him. Yeah. Probably so. never will again either. Probably won't. Nope. Who knows, but yeah, one of a kind. Who knows? So thank you listeners uh, for your time. Remember that if you ever have any questions, comments, or show ideas, you can write us at, what's our email address, J-Bear? TwoBrothersRockyJBear at gmail.com. That's right. And if you have the chance and you're enjoying the podcast, uh, especially as we get into the second chapter of Family Tree, uh, please write a review on iTunes because that. It helps a lot with our visibility. And um, we appreciate y'all. So we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Jay Bear. Thanks, Rocky Jay. All right. Ready? Yes. All right. <clears throat> Here, let me take one sip of water. Yeah. I will too. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I always feel like I get a frog in my throat right before I'm about to start. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Just gathering myself and scene. <laughs>